You want to win more trials, and I want you to stop worrying so damn much about winning trials. Simple. So I'm hosting an all-day training where we can both get what we want. Join me for a live virtual masterclass that will teach you my method for voir dire for less than the cost of that cheap suit you bought in law school. Register to attend live at sorryswears.com forward slash VD. Sorryswears.com forward slash VD. I'll be showing you elements of the H2H method that will blow your fucking mind. Sign up to learn with me on September 28th. See you there. You're listening to From Hostage to Hero podcast, episode number 228. When you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamotte. Well, hello, hello, hello. So glad to be with you. Hopefully you're either already in the H2H playground or if we have it open by the time this is uh, dropped that you are on the wait list. Go to sorryswears.com forward slash play. We want to play with you. Wait, that sounds gross. No, only if you have a dirty mind. Okay. So today we're talking about why jurors aren't as outraged as you think they should be. So there's a couple of things going on here. So I was talking to um, a, I'm not going to say who I was talking to, but it was an attorney. <laughs> and they put on a terrific case and it settled halfway through or maybe it was even toward the end for an amazing amount. Um, it wasn't even halfway through. I, I, the defense hadn't been able to put on their evidence yet. So knowing that I strongly suggest that you talk to the jury even though it didn't all the way go to verdict, this attorney went and talked to the jury. And this was an egregious case with egregious behavior by the defendant. And they were very, very pleased with, with, with how it turned out. But when they went to talk to the jury, they were aghast at how the jury did not mirror what they were feeling and then they got all freaked out because they're like well thank god we settled it probably wouldn't have gone our way and at all their whole mindset issue then came from this i'm kind of overdoing it you know who you are if you're listening to this i'm adding some flair that was basically the gist right oh my god how could we thought they were with us and then we talked to them after before it went to verdict and they probably weren't and all all the things so when i was talking to this person what i said was (laughs) okay two things one you have to recognize that if they had not heard, well, not even this, if they, if we hadn't gone all the way through trial yet, where they had not even gotten a chance to process the information yet, their brain is still, <clears throat> excuse me, in gathering information mode. They literally haven't gotten to a point where they can really process the information and know what it is and what, what, how to feel about it, right? They're, you, they've been told, by everybody and their mother. You got to listen, take notes, make sure you pay attention. So they're totally in that mode, right? And then it all goes away. And then you're in front of them. You're like, well, isn't this horrible? And they're like, um, yeah, I guess, right? They're still in gathering information mode. So you have to understand their brain was not in the space 
for them to understand what was happening. Two, oftentimes when information is so egregious, our brain does a very funny thing. It automatically wants to assume there's an illogical explanation. So if this had settled, which it did, before defense put on their evidence, their brains are still in that mode of, okay, this sounds really horrible. This sounds awful. But we haven't heard the other side yet, which is fact what they said. But we haven't heard the other side yet. And and this attorney was like, how could they say that? I mean, this is terrible. What could the other side possibly say, which we know was nothing. There was no way they could defend this. But how could the jury have been so stupid and wrong? In fact, one of the attorneys got so upset, they just turned around and left. And I said, again, it's a brain thing. The brain doesn't want to believe that awful things can happen. This is why defense attribution exists, Right. So why we tell stories from the defendant's point of view, because if we tell the story from the plaintiff's point of view in our opening statement, we're going to start looking as the audience for every little thing <clears throat> the plaintiff could have done differently. And we, we just assume we would have done those things differently because we live in a perfect world, right? It's a way we protect ourselves. So the jury is hearing this information. It's horrible and outrageous and egregious. And part of their brain wants to believe that it's not, totally true. I fully believe that had it gone all the way, knowing what I know about this case, and they saw the defense had nothing, there was nothing the defense could offer, they would have gotten there. But when we stop it in the middle and then we blame the jury right there, well, what the hell is their problem? We have to understand what the juror's brain was doing in that moment. They were in pro- they were not in processing mode. They were in gathering information mode and They also had not heard the other side, which again, you're like, why would they need to hear it? It's so terrible. Because that's what our brains do. That's literally what our brains do. Now, I open with that story, but that's not really what this podcast is about. What this podcast is about is how you have much more impact on getting the jurors outraged, to use our example today, than you think. Often I've been told, I've heard, I've seen many, many attorneys say, you can't get emotional in front of a jury. You can't get angry in front of a jury. You shouldn't, you know, be emotionally attached. All of the things in front of a jury. And here's the problem with that. We work with our H2Hers a lot on this particular thing. We say, if you are delivering information that is egregious, that is horrifying, that is sad, and you are not rageful, (laughs) sad, upset, you create cognitive dissonance for the jurors because they are hearing information that is horrifying, and yet they are seeing and also hearing it on a nonverbal level that you are totally and completely fine with it. And this doesn't make any fucking sense in their brain. And because they're the ones that have the least amount of information in the room, they're going to look to you, especially if you are the leader, which everybody tells you you need to be, and they're going to go, oh, okay, I'm going to take my lead from the leader because that's what we fucking do in terms of leadership, and they're not going to think it's egregious. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened in this case. I know it's not what happened in this case because I know this lawyer, and this lawyer is fantastic, one of the best, if not the best, okay? 
But I'm saying in general, this is something we can all look at to make sure that we are doing our part to get the jury there. Let's pause for a minute and talk about why we want the jury there. We want the jury there because we want them motivated to act. And we motivate jurors to act by engaging their emotions. The end. Information doesn't do it. It doesn't. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. We have this horrible idea. I think it's horrible. That I think it's stupid. I'm going to call it a stupid idea. That as attorneys, we need to be neutral. Right? That's our job is to be neutral. And where the hell did you get that idea? Listen, we're talking about leadership. There are two ingredients to leadership. You need to be going somewhere, right? Otherwise, there's no reason for people to follow you. That's what leadership is. You're leading people somewhere. And two, you have to have followers. I want to focus on the second one. How do you get followers? Number one, number one is passion. Not information, not evidence, not facts. Information doesn't get them there. Evidence doesn't get them there. Look, look at some of the best speakers in the world who are horrific human beings, right? If Hitler had just said, you know, here's my, here's my thought, y'all. Um, Jews are bad. I, not, there's really no good reason for saying that except for, you know, I think they, they own everything and they don't deserve it. But I'm just saying the Jews are bad and y'all need to believe me on that one. <laughs> you think that he would have gotten where he got? No, he had some passion. He, he had some bullshit arguments he was he was spewing, but he had some passion behind it. And I'm not saying that you can sell any. I mean, you can sell anything. Look at our world today. Oh, oh sorry. That's the wrong place I'm going to go there. But what I am saying is when you have the truth, as y'all do, because you're playing the trial attorneys and you are standing in the truth, you stand on the side of the right. When you infuse that with passion, that is the winning combination. I mean, think about this. If you're thinking, well, it's just information, it's just, you know, evidence, that's what they need to make a decision. Think about the news. Most of us don't get activated watching the news. I mean, we might get upset. We might be like, well, that sucks, or I can't believe that's happening, or oh, that's so sad. But we're not like super emotionally invested, right? Most of us. Why? News anchors are neutral. They're not in there like passionately... <laughs> taking a side about what's happening in the news. They're just reporting the news. That is their job. That is not your fucking job. Your job is to motivate people to act. That is your job. And again, we want you to do that. We need you to do that by engaging the jurors emotionally. We talk a lot in the H2H Wadir process about how we want to do heart-based heart-based questions versus head-based questions. Meaning, we want you to get to a juror's heart space, not their head space. Head space questions are, where have you lived? Are you a manager? Do you follow rules at work? Those kinds of things, right? They can answer them very quickly. Heart-based questions are, what made you choose to become a doctor? What, why do you think they have those rules at your, at your workplace? What's important about that? How have you applied those rules, right? More deeper questions than the head-based questions because information doesn't motivate. Here's the thing. You, it all starts with you. You have to be invested. You have to care. 
you have to be fucking pissed off. You have to go first because that's what leaders do. Isn't that what they tell us all the time? Lead in court. It's important to be a leader. Blah, blah, blah. Well, are you willing to go first? Because the jury sure as hell not going to. They are literal hostages. Have you read my book? Sitting in a box, not knowing what the hell is going on, what they're supposed to do, how to do it. You come up there. You talk about these horrific events without a hint of emotion in your voice. And then you come and you complain to me. Again, not the person in the story, but other and say they're not appropriately rageful. Well, that's your fucking fault. Listen, I know y'all are thinking, yeah, but but how do I get away with that? I mean, I've been taught not to be emotional and da 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 da. Listen, in our process, we get the jurors to tell us, right? what the principles are. We get the jurors to tell us what matters in their world. We get the jurors tell us what the right thing is to do because guess what? You stand on the side of right. I keep saying it. And once they tell us that and they say, these are the things that are wrong. These are the things that should not happen. This is what I would expect in this situation. And they're emotionally invested. It's like flipping them off when we get up finally and opening and we're telling the story of what happened and we have zero emotion. It's like we're giving them the middle finger. Thanks for sharing all of your your thoughts on this and your beliefs about this and your experiences with this, but it's not that big of a fucking deal. I mean, that's what my voice is saying at least. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water. By the way, that is how we get away with it. We get the jurors to tell us that it's egregious. Not the actual things in our case, but that certain actions are egregious. Certain things are egregious. We start with the jurors. That's what the H2H method is all about. It always starts with the jurors. And once the jurors get invested, we now have permission to go and be or show, I should say, emotion. <laughs> y'all love the one archetype that y'all love is the warrior archetype, right? We hear that all the time with trial lawyers. Trailers are warriors. This is a war. Warrior, warrior, war. I have no problem with that archetype. Love the warrior archetype. But do you think an actual warrior, not that you are not an actual, I'm talking about the one like in a war. Like go back to Roman times with me. Like warrior. Do you think an actual warrior is going to stand there in the middle of war and be fucking neutral? No. I'm just going to stab over here. Then I'm just going to stab over there. And yeah, I hope I don't get killed. I've done it again. Kevin's losing his shit over there. No, warriors are not neutral. Here's the thing. Here's what you got to remember. If you're like, okay, but how do I know when it's too much? Here's the question. I always say this to all my clients. I'm saying it to you. When we're talking about emotion at trial, the question is, and it'll always be, who does it serve? Who does it serve? If that emotion is about you not being able to control your shit and you're crying all over the jury because you can't handle shit, that's serving you. You're using the jury as some kind of drama dump. That's not what we're talking about. But when you are appropriately communicating in your voice as you tell stories and as you do devil's advocate questions, the, the egregiousness and, and the horribleness of what's happened here, that serves the jury. And that's appropriate. We're not talking about you going up there and being a whole drama freak. We're talking about 
appropriately communicating what happened to this family and how horrible it was. You teach the jury by going first. Our resident vocal coach, Christy Foster, does free sessions, free free discovery sessions. Contact her at Christy at SorryDLM.com. And she works with trial attorneys on this very thing. Just know, if you have a discovery session, you're going to want to coach with her. And she's often full. So just prepping that. <laughs> just lots of trial attorney clients. Because this is where we win cases, my friends. I mean, if you need an A plus B equals C, here it is, right? We need these facts that are communal. We need motivation. And when we, we motivate jurors with emotion, and when we do that, we get the verdicts. I don't know if that totally made sense, but that's the basic gist, right? We need to motivate them. To motivate them, they need to have their emotions involved. To get their emotions involved, we need to be emotional. Not sloppy emotional, but in service to jurors emotional so that they know it is okay to feel like what's happening is egregious. So here's what you need to remember. One, think about what where their brains are when you're when you're wondering how, why aren't they reacting more? Are they in processing mode? Are they in gathering information mode? Where are they? They're in gathering information mode. They're not going to be appropriately shocked yet. Two, really shocking information often creates an opposite response. So just know that that's there. They might get more emotionally invested or upset once they hear that the defense is a straw man argument. Three, you got to back up your shit with emotion and let them feel what they need to feel that will properly motivate them to act. Again, none of this has anything to do with the person who shared the story. But I wanted to share the story as an opener to having you be more emotional in court. Isn't that weird? Now y'all are going to be like, sorry, telling us to be more emotional in court. You know what I mean. Don't misquote me, you greedy goblins. All right. I love you. I love you. Get in the crew. We have so much fun in there. Get your ass in there. Bye. If you're looking to master your craft and win at trial, I created an intensive training just for you at a special all-day event where you'll learn how to find the jurors who will solve your problems and help you win without resorting to gimmicks or manipulation. Join me live if you want to level up with your voir dire skills. Go sign up at sorryswears.com forward slash VD. Sorryswears.com forward slash VD. I know you have a million things on your plate, so do it now. You'll thank me later, I swear.